Welcome back to the Humans of Western podcast. My name is Yash. I'm a fourth year political science student here at Western. And I'm Rochelle, a final year film student also at Western. So Voices of Western is a student-run podcast where we delve into the everyday stories of students, staff, faculty, and on-campus and members of the London community. From personal stories to current events and nonprofits, we cover a broad range of topics to bring you a diverse range of perspectives. Today, we are joined by Callista Ryan, who is a final year international relations student, and we're here with her to discuss personal growth and self-development in university. Welcome, Callista. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's a pleasure. Um, so just to get, get started, uh, how would you describe your first year in university? Um, yeah, I was very excited to come to Western. I flew here from British Columbia and uh, it was the only school I applied to. It, I just kind of found it online and saw the campus and I was like, that's where I wanna be. That's where I'm gonna find my sense of community. And I, there was something really appealing about Western. And so I kind of applied on a whim and, and went for it. And so when I came to campus, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know much about orientation week. I had nothing, I had not heard about the legendary homecoming slash FOCO. All of that stuff was very new to me. I didn't come to Western with any of those expectations on that, you know, lively student experience that, you know, we're all really proud of and excited to, to have while we're at Western. And so I, I really came with um, not a lot of, I wasn't really armed with a lot of knowledge on university. I'm the first person in my immediate family to, to attend university. So I kind of came you know, from across the country with uh, just, I kind of just dived right in. And I think that explains a lot of my experiences on campus. I really just dive into things. It takes me a while to make a decision, but then I go right for it and, and hope for the best. And so that's where I found a lot of <laughs> my experiences with growth and, and seeing, seeing what works for me and, and what doesn't. But yeah, I think my best advice for students coming and enjoying their first year is you don't really have to have expectations. It can just be a first year. It can be good, it can be okay, it can be phenomenal. It's your first year of four or five. You have time to have the best experience you want to have at Western and it's okay if, I, I found my first year was okay. Like I didn't, there's nothing about first year that makes me super proud of it or super like reflective on it, but it was that first step for me to, to kind of set myself up for the next few years and, and yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a good transitional phase in our lives where we're kind of a lot of us are moving out um, from our or like out of our houses and like into res or off campus and it's such a transitional phase and I think it's okay to kind of be okay with figuring it out and taking your time with it. I also think that at least for me personally it was progressively better uh, like each year just got progressively better and I feel like it's probably the same for you as well right? Yeah absolutely you you just get a better sense of Oh, I, I'm on my own now or mm -hmm. you're more adapting to your space you feel more comfortable with you know the city of London like oh I know the trails like I can go walk on the Thames Valley Trail or I know where to eat like you just kind of start to figure out first to, to living in a new city in a new place if you move a lot of students don't move but um it is a big transition and, and I you're right I found each year got better just you know you you have you have friends you get to really enjoy what what being on campus is like and yeah definitely improves over time mm -hmm. I think for me first year was really important because you could just look around like wh whether it's your roommate or someone on the floor or your friends at high school whatever it is um, 
if you don't have um, some of the work ethic or some of the skills or the social skills that, you, that and if you didn't have any of those coming into university, that's okay, right? Everyone is starting off, but, but it gives you an opportunity to kind of look around and see exactly where you can improve. Um, if your roommate's going to weld in every day, it's like you can learn something from that. Or if, let's say, someone is a very good speaker, you know, you have friends all around you, right? That's sort of a, a reminder. And then you can also use that to fuel your growth every single year. Just that, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I, I relate to that a ton. My high school didn't, like I, my high school was great for, you know, some things, but I didn't really have the strong writing element. Like I didn't know how to write a formal, like university level essay, which I really struggled with in the international relations program. It's very essay based. Uh, it's a lot of papers, you know, five to six papers a semester sometimes. And so one of my best friends was an excellent writer. And, you know, I just, I would, after class, we would go back to the Delaware Hall calf and she would just be like, Calista, this is how you write an essay. Like, you can't do it. You gotta, you, this is how you do a topic sentence. You need evidence. Like she, like she really like taught me how to, to write academically. And, you know, it's, I went to writing support services as well, quite a bit in first year to catch up. And that's what I love. Yeah, you're right. Like first year, right? You're not always in your program in first year. So I, I wasn't even in the international relations program yet. And it's, it's a hard one to get into. And the only reason I was able to, to be able to match up to that was, you know, using those services in first year to kind of make up for some of the things that I was missing and having a good friend who uh, mentored me along the way. Yeah, I feel like that's also something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially in my third and fourth year where I started to you really like get into those services and use um, like Western services. But I, I want to ask, like, are there um, specific Western services that you would recommend or that you think more people should know about? Yeah, there's again, there's so many. It's so hard to even to begin. And I, I it really depends on the person. And I think if there's something that, you know, you're struggling with academically, uh, like, um, or anywhere else in your life, like there is something there. The big thing we need to figure out is how to like put it all in one place so students can can find it, right? But there are a few gems on campus. And I think writing writing sports services was huge for me. They're really talented writers and they really like break it down to you. And like when you feel like they when they have to explain like a simple grammar concept to you, you're kind of embarrassed so you never forget it again. So I, you know, I definitely <laughs> learned a lot from that. And I uh, food support services is a fantastic program as well and I think a lot of students don't know about it they have both um, an anonymous locker pickup so you can actually do an anonymous request form and I volunteer for them in second year and volunteers will then uh, fill out the hamper and then put it in a locker for you to anonymously pick up so you don't even have to go into the space but it is a very friendly space to go into as well uh, when it's open right now it's closed because of COVID but um, they also have like cleaning products for your home and menstrual uh, products as well. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of um, um, opportunities there and you, you don't have to use your name. You can just go in whenever you need the service. You might need it once uh, in your semester or once a week. It's there for students to use. It should be used. Like you need to eat and need to have those basic needs covered to be your best self as a student. And so that's what it's there for. And I just, I hope students know more about that one. I think uh, we don't talk about food insecurity a lot, but students do struggle with food insecurity. And sometimes when students even move away, um, they might run out of their meal plan. You can still, you know, use that service in, if you're a student in residence, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're struggling learning how to cook and you might need to use more um, uh, 
pre-purchased products, which sometimes are more expensive. So you might be able to like kind of cut out some of those costs and, and make it more affordable for you to be a student. So that's where I think that's, I'm very biased. I love food support services. I think it's one of the really great services the USC provides, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, adding on to that, did you develop or find any interesting coping strategies in university from these services? Yeah, I think it kind of it kind of comes down to like a few things. I think there's always the resources that are available, and those are wonderful. And I and I think being able to use those resources is one thing, and, and taking that step is really important. But it's also good to surround yourself with a positive, you know, social and peer circle. I think you can use all the resources uh, that are available, but making sure you're surrounded with students and friends and family or whoever your social circle is that is supportive in an environment to, to see you grow and develop and be your best self, I think is really important. Um, and I think both are really helpful. Sometimes you don't have both or, or one or the other and that's okay, but making sure like taking the active effort to surround yourself with people who care about you and, and wanna see you succeed and support you when things get tough is really important. One of the things I, I struggled a lot with during, uh, it's actually this year quite a bit was my my family, none of them go to university. So when I came home for the, for the winter break, I was doing exams at home. And, you know, we're all very stressed about exams. <laughs> we all wanna do our best. And uh, I know motivation has been tough this year. So I definitely pushed off my studying till the end, which meant I was cramming quite a bit for my exams. And my family just didn't get it. Like, they're all happy I'm in university, but they didn't understand some of the tools that I needed to succeed while I was doing my exam. So having that quiet space, um, kind of like not making me feel guilty for not spending as much time with them. Because normally when I'm home for the break, because I'm never home that often, I'm like full time spending time with my family. But in this situation, because of COVID, it was the lines were a bit blurred. And so that's something that even though I've learned a lot more about in the past few years, COVID has definitely blurred some of those lines with, you know, how do I be that student, but then be that family member uh, during COVID. And now I'm home now and the lines again are starting to blur as reading week comes to the end. When I start class again, uh, kind of setting those boundaries is really important. And so, yeah, I think, again, having those resources is wonderful, but making sure like you still have your friends in, in that community to support you as, as a person is, is important too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like finding your communities, community also takes time, like joining clubs and like figuring out what USC has to offer and like what clubs Western has to offer is like a job of its own, so. Yeah, um, I think this is probably like my biggest concern with first years coming in because they, they probably have difficulties finding these resources and also finding these clubs in an era of COVID, right? So if you come into university, as we discussed before, if, if you don't have some of the work ethic or, or the understanding of exactly what you need to do to progress in university, it, it becomes difficult to find those things if you're working from home, right? You're, you're in the same environment as high school, essentially. And so I think the responsibility also falls on, on USC or Western to actually implement some services that could help them from home. Um, and I think it's an unprecedented time. So everyone is in an experimental type of phase. So I think it'll definitely get better. Um, I'm very optimistic on that. Yeah, for sure. 
sorry um I'll ask the next question but um so when did you find confidence in yourself and was there a particular moment when you found peace and were proud of who you were oh that's a great question I like there are moments here and there where I you know there are moments where I'm like yeah like I'm really proud of myself and I think it, it, but it takes it takes a while to find that sometimes sometimes you just like think about it you're like oh my gosh like that happened and I for me university I was really hard on myself in first year I was like why can't I write an essay you know like I really struggled and then I I worked really hard in second year but I, I struggled in second year too because I was a residence advisor in Medway Sydenham Hall which was a crazy ride that year my I love my floor but there was a lot of partying and, and I was like, did not get the sleep I needed that year. And I was also trying to do like business to do five, seven, which I had no idea how hard that course was. I did not listen to the reputation of it. And so in going into my second year, I really, really struggled adjusting to university again. And I, and I was hard on myself because I was like, oh, I just transitioned in first year. I should know this by now. And I, I definitely really struggled with my first semester and I, you know, my grades weren't where I wanted them to be. I had to drop a course. I'm like, I failed an exam and I've like never failed an exam. I, you know, I have a very high, you know, GPA generally. And I just, I was like really pushing myself and really hard on myself. And then in second semester, like I really got it together. I really like worked hard to kind of set goals for myself and accomplish those goals. And I made that my priority. And I was really proud of myself at the end of that year to have done that. And I think, you know, when students put a lot of pressure on themselves, it kind of makes it harder for you sometimes to achieve those goals. And like, I like had all these expectations for myself. And so and in my first semester, I didn't meet those expectations. But in my second semester, I did. And so, you know, it's a give and take sometimes. Um, but I think a moment where I was really proud of myself was when I I, I, I'm sure like I, when I ran for USC president this year, I really wasn't planning to run. It was, and, and I, you know, people had told me to run. I thought about it and I always said, no, I, I'm not going to run because I won't win an election. And I always stopped myself from running because I just didn't have confidence in winning, but I always had confidence in my abilities as a student leader. And so there was this shift in how I saw should I run because I think I can win or should I run because I believe in this and I know I can do it um, as a campaign. And so I decided to kind of cut out that negative um, outlook on elections and kind of focus on what I wanted to do in an election. And even if I didn't win, be that candidate that I kind of wanted to see. And so even though I, I didn't win in the end, and I think had I started a few months sooner, maybe things would be different, but at the end of the day, students get to decide in those uh, situations. But I remember deciding to run end of November as a fifth year student. I didn't know most of my friends had graduated. <laughs> I didn't know anyone. And I, I started that campaign with a piece of paper, just writing down a few names of people that I knew were still kicking around at Western that I knew. And I, I built a campaign in less than two months in a pandemic, our first digital you know election season. So. And I, I remember like not believing that I was doing it for so long because ever I, you know, I worked every day for two months on this campaign. Like I had no time, right? I had to get right onto it. And so I remember halfway through the campaign, 
when I received the, the Gazette endorsement and I read the article that they wrote and I just sat down for a second and I was like, they picked up what I was putting down. Like people are seeing what I'm trying to say. You don't have to be a student politician for three to four years to run for USC president. You don't have to have connections across campus. You can, you can build the campaign that you wanna see and focus on the goals that you envision you have for the university. And that's all that matters. Whether you win or lose, that's what matters in a candidate. And so when I read that article and I was like, they see what I'm trying to say, students are seeing what I'm trying to say. And even if I don't win this thing, the message has been sent. And I'm really proud of that. And I think it kind of combined all the skills I built on campus from you know being a, a coordinator, an associate, a volunteer, um, a director and a board in London, it, it kind of combined all those skills and put them together in one place. And it was hard, <laughs> it was challenging, but the friendships I built from it, the things I've learned about myself and about this campus have made that experience so worth it. So even though like I didn't end up getting elected, I, I would do it over again in a heartbeat, absolutely no question. And okay, I talked about that for a while. So, so and then, <laughs> I think I like look back on that and I, you know, a week after that campaign, I, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I did that. Like, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy I did that. Even though, you know, it's not just about winning. It's about that campaign and what it means to students and to yourself. And so I was really proud of that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really inspiring to hear you talk about it, to be honest. Um, like, it, it feels, it feel, I feel good. Like, I feel super uh, motivated right now. Um, but I also think it's very valid when you said that, should I run for this because I think I'll win or if I um, should run for this because I believe in it. I feel like that is um, something that a lot of people consider when they're applying to like so many different things. Like when you're applying to jobs, it's kind of the same um, or applying to clubs and, and positions like that. So I feel like people can definitely resonate with that feeling. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think a lot of students cut themselves out too early. And I mean, I've done it. I did it too. I, I cut myself out of deciding to run for a few months, right? Um, believe in it. If you believe in it and care for it, go for it. That's, and that's, that's what it should be. And we should, and the more people that do that run or apply, the more we push more people to do that. And then the better, the better candidates will have and the better opportunities will be for everyone. Was there anything you weren't expecting on the campaign trail? Yeah, I wasn't expecting the bot attacks that (laughs) I was, that I was not ready for that. I, um, I, yeah, that one really sh- took me by surprise um, for those that n- maybe didn't see it, but essentially all of my vote Calista, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, and my personal Instagram and the Gazette article that announced my candidacy all got flogged by bots. And so we don't know who or why or, or what, but it kind of, it kind of messed up our algorithm. It took away some legitimacy in our, in our in our um our social media because people notice and they're like why are they buying bots like <laughs> but we weren't because and it affects our algorithm so and it was less about the it was less about the effect that it had on our campaign because it did kind of blunder our communication strategy uh mm-hmm. in a way that i we didn't expect it, w- it was the fact that someone targeted me and that's something that i i took really personally at the beginning i was really upset when i found out that this happened and the bots are still on my personal social media and they haven't gone away and I would like them to go because <laughs> they're kind of spamming me sometimes. But um, 
it was the fact that like I, someone did that, like someone would do that to me. Cause I, you know, I ran on a campaign of ethics. I would not do that to another candidate. I would, I would not do that whether I'm running or not. I would not target someone anonymously. And so um, that, and I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't target anyone publicly either, <laughs> but cause I know running for positions extremely difficult. And even if I don't always agree with, you know, fellow candidates, or even if we don't always get along, I feel like I did have a good relationship with the other candidates, but like, I would never do that to someone else, you know, like, so I felt at the beginning of that situation, I, I felt really hurt. I felt like someone went out of their way to tamper with my campaign. And then no one was really talking about it. Like there were more discussions about the definition of pink and light red than there was about the bot attack. And I was like, we know that women in politics and political spaces get targeted online more often than men. And I was pretty upset with just the lack of conversation that we had about it as a community. And after the campaign, like a few other, you know, students made posts about like misogyny in the elections. And I was like, where were you during the election? <laughs> like, that's what I needed you, you know? I mean, I'm glad they're talking about it now and that's fantastic. And I think, you know, my candidacy sparked some of those conversations, but I wish it had happened during the campaign when I was being affected by it personally than just afterwards. So, I mean, it is what it is. I can't change that, but um, hopefully like we've learned something from this. So next year when elections happen, if something like this occurs again, we can react better. And like, I'll be there to support those students if that happens, because it's not fun, but yeah. But there were good things about it. Like my team was on top of it. We had a good response. We had a press release. We, we did everything we could do in the situation. And I'm really proud of my team for coming together to overcome those challenges. And so I felt really supported by, you know, my team and, and my friends. And so we got through it together, but definitely a little bit unexpected. I think that was the one thing I really, really liked about your campaign. It was that um, well, it was the focus on ethics, but it was also like when the bot attack happened, I saw you make a post about it right away and I saw you address it right away. And we don't see that in whether it's politicians or USC presidential candidates, right? They, a lot of times they try to hide it um, because it can be harmful to your campaign if you address it right away. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what everyone wants to see, right? So um, I, that, that was one of the things I like really admired your campaign for. So um, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, at the end of the day, I'm proud of that campaign. Like we, I, I went into it being like, I want to run a campaign that I want to see. And that's what we did. And I, and I can rest easy knowing that there's nothing on that campaign that made me feel uncomfortable as a person or as a candidate. I didn't feel like I had to fake any of it. I know a lot of students are always worried about, like, they don't want to, they don't want to feel disingenuine. And, and this is a political thing too. Like, a lot of politicians are, are, are like, are they genuine? Do they care? Are they faking it? Like, you know, and I think, and I think if you're worried about being disingenuine, like then it just like, it comes back down to that. Why, you know, why are you doing this? And it doesn't even have to come down to why are you running for UC presidents? Like, why are you running for your executive on your club? Or uh, why are you applying for this job? Like kind of find the root of the why, why do you want to do this? What is, what are, why are you passionate about it? What change do you want to see or what do you bring to the table? Like finding that root and the heart behind the action that you want to take can help you overcome those challenges, right? Like even though I was getting targeted online, I was like, 
I know that this experience will be help students in the future overcome it. And I can be a mentor to students who navigate it in the future, especially like women who generally get targeted online more. Like I know that even though, like I know that we have a lack of representation in women in USC presidential positions, right? Even if I have to go through some of those barriers, I can still support those students in the future and it makes overcoming those challenges like worth it. And so, and even though like, even though sometimes like as a political candidate, you feel like, you know, you're being watched and, you know, you, sometimes you have to take some hits, but if you have that reason, that core fundamental reason that you're passionate about it, then that's all that matters. And people will see that. And I, you just have to do it your style, your way and, and just be proud of it. And I think like, I hope more students see that in the possibilities in a campaign and, uh, and in student positions in elections or clubs or uh, campus opportunities or in life, right? Just, you know, boil it down to why are you doing it? And for me, it came down to, I want to see a different style of campaign. I want to see a different election season. I want to see different candidates. I want to see candidates. I want to have students see themselves in a candidate that doesn't typically follow like the student leadership path. My student leadership path is all over the place. It, you know, I, I'm, I have no words to describe it. I have just done a lot of different things on campus and uh, there was no formal path to me running for any position. And I'd never run a campaign before. That was my first campaign I've ever run. And I want students to see that, like, you can do that. You can run that project. You can do that if you have a vision for it and care about it. And I think that's what a lot of people saw. And I, I hope that more students can kind of see that in themselves in other positions and uh, in other areas of, of their life. Like, if you care about it, it's worth it. So do you journal? Yeah. <laughs> what got you into journaling? I've always been into journaling since um since I was like a kid. I in when I was 13 actually I started a like a, a yearly ritual. Um I wrote a I write a letter to myself every six to eighteen months, typically once a year. And I I'll just write whatever right and when I was 13 my letters weren't as intense as they are now but <laughs> once a year I'll like read through them and I'll be like I can I could see like how I've changed you know both writing stylistically what are my biggest concerns what I care about what happened this past year what do I hope for the future and sometimes I know like songs I've been listening to or quotes that mean something to me and so I you know after two to three years of doing that I was like this is really meaningful to see myself change and develop. And so by the time I hit grade, you know, 11 and 12, I was journaling quite frequently. So, um, but I hated the idea of doing a daily journal. I do not have the energy for that, but I, I have different styles of, of journals. So I have like a big moments journal. So like if I have a big interview or I just had a conference or I went to an event that really inspired me I write about it and, and what it meant to me. And I have a travel journal and I even have an academic journal. At the end of each semester, I write <laughs> about each class and like what I gained from the class. Even if I didn't like it, I talk about, you know, what can I take away from this class uh, in like a sentence or two. So I, I don't know, I'm a big reflector. <laughs> so um, I've always loved to journal. I have so many, so many of them. And I have a big collection now, but yeah, I think 
like my advice for those who do want to get into journaling is that there are no rules. You can, you can write what you want, how you want it. Um, you can say what you want to say and, and just remember there's no audience. You don't even have to reread it again. Just, just write and just do it. Um, it's, it's, I reflect on a lot of my past writing and it kind of grounds me. And it's like, you know, like sometimes, you know, when you're, especially when you're hard on yourself, like I find I'm very hard on myself. Um, and then I'll reread my journal from like second year and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I went through a lot. Like, why was I so mean to myself? Why was I so brutal to myself? Like, why, why did I have all those expectations? There was so much going on. Like you, you did that, like you managed to get through it. And so I find it's really helpful for me personally, just because, because <laughs> how I like, uh, how I manage my like emotions and my outlook on my life. And so, um, I personally love journaling, but yeah, I think for context, Yash really wanted to ask this question because I am also really into journaling. So it's like a little bit of a bonding moment, but I also feel very similar. Like I used to have um, a travel journal for like the two times I went to New York um, and I had like uh, an act, like I have my agenda, which I also use kind of as an academic journal. I like write all the, um, like a, a review of my classes and things like that. And my like daily, not my daily journal, but like my big events journal. Um, so it's really similar, but I feel like it's really good to write it down and be self-reflective um, and kind of just also see how far you've come. I feel like that's very motivating for me to like look back in time and like see, oh, I've improved in this. And, like, oh, like this is getting better. And like, I've like my, I'm understanding more of the world. And um, there's just so many things to like be grateful for as well. I feel like it's such a good place to get your thoughts out. Like, like it's just like gratitude, like there's so many wonderful things that can happen and um, and just having it there. And then I find that sometimes I'll reread my journal and I'll, I'll find a happy memory that I forgot. And then it's like it re-enters into my life and I remember that joy in that moment. And I think it kind of, yeah, it's a really great grounding uh, tool. Yeah, I love journaling. Oh, I love that question. It's a great question. <laughs> I... Um... So a story I wanted to share, I was interviewing Callista for um, the presidential interviews for Humans of Western, and I asked her what her, the happiest moment of her life was, and she went on to talk, and then halfway through her, her talk, she was like, okay, let me go grab my journal, and so she ran, and she went, and she read out exactly what she journaled on that specific day at that conference, and I could see in her face that she was kind of, um, living that moment once again, um, which was very cool to see. And I think that was one of the motivating factors for me to like, kind of convince me, it's like, okay, I should probably start writing my own stuff now too. Um, so yeah, uh, I just wanted to say you were, uh, that interview was very influential and it helped me begin journaling as well. Have you started journaling, Gosh? <laughs> Occasionally, like I do it every now and then, but I, I still, I don't do daily journaling. That's a little bit much for me. That's awesome. No, that's so great to hear. I, I don't do daily journaling either. It's, it's a bit much. But what I, I do do, oh, I definitely have it in my bag next to me. But I have like a mini, like a mini, like tiny journal. It's like fits in your pocket. And I, I just have it in my backpack or my bag. And so like sometimes like a thought will come and I'll write it. Or like I'll hear a song and I'll like write down the name of the song on the radio and to relook at it. Or um, I'll be like, write my grocery list really quickly like and then I'll like it'll fill up and I'll 
yet another one and then I'll read through it and I'll be like it'll it'll go from like a really cool quote to like me writing down something random scribbling a little doodle like it's it's not like a daily thing but I love having it with me because then it's just like I'm carrying myself with me I don't know it's like a weird way to put it but um I love having like a tiny travel like a tiny daily journal with me just in case something pops up and I don't want to forget um yeah I feel like a lot of people do similar things, but on their phone, but I think it's a completely different vibe when you actually write it down. Like it's, it's, it's so much, I feel like it's a lot more reflective, so. Are you excited to graduate? Do you think Western has prepared you well for the future? Oh, for oh, has Western prepared me well? I think, yeah, like I, I'm, I don't know what's next, but I feel like I'm ready for it. You know, I, and I, I think academically, I, I love my program. I think my program has definitely set me up for, you know, success in, um, in a grad school program. In terms of my, like, I, I've learned a lot about, you know, myself and I, I think I love running events projects and taking on like, uh, taking on roles where I'm doing a lot of things. Uh, I love being all over the place. And so the great thing about Western is that like, you do get if you want to be like in a student leadership position, there's so many opportunities um, to, to, to do that, like to find these opportunities to expand your growth and professional and personal development. And I think, I think I, I've definitely had a unique um, um, path and I, and I think that I am prepared to, to start working and, and doing the things that I need to do. Do I know exactly what those are yet? No, <laughs> but I know that um, I've, I found some of that potential and I, and I think it all kind of came down to, to this year to kind of fully see that in myself. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm ready, but I, I don't think it's just Western. I think Western provides that framework and the student body provides those opportunities. I, I firmly believe students are the student experience. We, we are the ones that run those clubs that, you know, bring students together and maximizes, you know, that sense of community and opportunities and, um, you know, even Western elections, like our elections are very intense and it's our student body that created that um, mindset and pushes for students to be better in those, in those spaces. And so um, that definitely, that environment pushed me to do more and to, to be better. But I think at the end of the day, you know, students can choose what they want out of this experience, whether it's a rigorous academic life or work experience or uh, volunteering in the community or a mix of all three like you can find that space and that sense of um, skill building and uh, opportunity on campus and I I think that that will set us all up for what's next and yeah yeah I'm 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 kind of somewhere um, where I like I'm, I'm excited to graduate and I kind of know what I want to do but also there is a lot of um, figuring out to do as well but I think it'll be interesting because I feel like it'll be another transitional phase in our lives similar to first year so we'll like maybe we'll have this conversation again in five years and it'll be another like reflective podcast um but speaking of which like where do you see yourself in five years do you have any particular goals that you want to accomplish well after this campaign I'm like maybe I will run for office in the real world we'll see um I, I don't know if that would be a five years though. I think maybe a little bit longer than that. I, I do see myself um, in the nonprofit sector. I think 
I, I've, I've worked for a few and I volunteered for a few. And I think, and even the USC is, is a nonprofit as well. And I've done a lot of work with the USC and I think there's a lot of great work to be done uh, in, you know, in our communities. And I think the nonprofit sector uh, is becoming more, you know, professional as well. And I think there's a lot of wonderful things to do. And um, I'd love to work, yeah, for and work in uh, nonprofits. Uh, sure, there's so many out there. Uh, I'd love to live abroad again as well. I one of the cool things about university was studying abroad and I, I love being in other countries. Now, now that with COVID, especially, I just want to, I just want to be abroad again, but obviously now it's not the right time for that, but um, I'd love to, to work abroad as well. And it, I'm interested in, you know, the government, working for the government in some capacity, uh, maybe in foreign affairs in, in some respect. So that's still an interest with my international relations degree, but I think IGOs, our NP or nonprofits are kind of like where I see myself, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll be a member of parliament one day or, you know, an ML, a member of legislative assembly for British Columbia, or I don't, I don't know, like I, that's too soon to say that, but um, I've definitely loved politics and working in political spaces, a lot of great work to be done in that area, both in terms of the culture of politics that I'd like to see, you know, improved, but into how legislation and, and public policy affects you know people's lives and communities and and our world and so definitely interested in that area in the future too if you do run for for office please let me know i will be the best campaign manager you have ever had i can guarantee that um, rushiel where do you see yourself in five years uh, that's a good question. Honestly, I, I, again, have a really similar answer to Calista. Like, I really want to work for nonprofits, and I'm, like, applying to government internships and stuff. Like, I want to see if I would be a good fit in the government. Um, I think I'm scared to run for office, but I, like, I feel like that is kind of another place where you can make change. So, um, but I think I have to work for nonprofits. I, I really can't see myself working, um, like, corporate. So, um, I just want to do whatever I can to like make a, a little bit of a difference in the world um, and like have uh, a positive impact, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. We should definitely add me on Facebook. I feel like <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're close friends now, so it's fine. <laughs> Gash, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, It's slightly different than you guys, but it's, I feel like it, in another way, it's a lot of the same. Um, I would like to, be graduated from law school, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, after that, I think my goals are mostly just to have my own uh, business, like my own office, so I can um, run the things. But I, I think my life goal, instead of five years, just like my life goal, is to help through philanthropy, right? Um, I think uh, for me, I would have a lot more fun and it would be a lot more joyful if I could be sort of managerial but also be able to use my skills for philanthropy like because once once you enter law I think you can do like as you proceed in your career you can take more pro bono cases and actually have the ability to make an impact on people's lives and I think a lot of lawyers forget that once they start earning a lot of money and um, you know they, they start getting busy and, and they see other things but I think that is my life goal and um, I'm interested to see what happens next.
Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today, Callista. It was an honor to have you on this episode. I am sure our conversation has provided a few things that our listeners can take away and actually implement into their own lives. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love the topic of personal growth, right? And reflection. I think you kind of touched on journaling. And I I have to say, like that journaling is is a measurement of personal growth, even if it's not like a metric, right? We get to see ourselves grow through, you know, the years that we have in our life. And that's like really awesome. And I I I think there's so much. And I and if anyone ever wants to chat about anything, like politics or life or anything like definitely reach out to me I, I love making new friends and and yeah thank you so much for having me it's it's been a it's been a great podcast yeah thank you for coming it's been really inspiring to hear you talk it's nice to hear someone who's really passionate about what they do like regardless of what you talk about like you can hear the passion in someone's voice so thank you